I do have a, a pretty interesting tactic that uh, I have at least branded with a name. I call it investor blitzing. So what I what I do that that I think is pretty novel is, and this starts from a recognition that you know um, fundraising it's a lot about scarcity and momentum. You have to find ways to build momentum and to drive kind of the scarcity effect. You want to try to reduce the optionality that investor has. Uh, and try to get them to a decision as fast as possible. And I think one of the best ways to do that uh, is taking a cohort-based approach to raising capital and, and doing something I call investor blitzing. So what does that look like? It looks like well before you start the round, uh, you should be you know, building these relationships and, and have a nice hit list of investors that you want to meet. And at least one month prior, but I actually try to do it as close to two months prior to opening the round because schedules are very busy, that's actually when I'm going to start reaching out to investors and I'm going to start slotting them in in a very intentional way in back-to-back meetings throughout a very short period of time. Uh, one to two weeks, try to cram as many meetings in as possible. And I'm, and this is the blitz kind of aspect. You're trying to basically keep everybody on the same timeline so that decisions are being made on the same timeline. You can play commitments off of other investors and you can drive quick momentum and, and you can drive the scarcity effect just due to the velocity of the round. And that's very hard to do when meetings get peppered all throughout, you know, a few months in time. So I, I reach out in advance because everybody's calendars are busy. And if you reach out two months in advance, you can basically pick your, you get your pick of the litter in terms of like when you want to do these meetings. So I organize them from warmest to coldest. I have kind of a wave one of really warm, like angels or, or close network folks that I know I can get some early commitments on and start to build early momentum. I can play off in subsequent meetings. My second wave are usually my, my people I really, really want in the round. I want to get to them when I have some commitments and momentum, when I've sharpened my pitch, but I don't want to wait until the end when the round might be full. And then my wave three are just people that would be great to be kind of fill the round out, but they're not necessarily a priority. Um, and I organize them in an intentional way so I can step into those meetings. I crush them into you know one small block as, as much as possible. Uh, and then I just like, I just constantly reiterate the fact that I'm having so many meetings across all these meetings. I get to a meeting, hey, sorry, I'm a minute late, just had a great meeting with this investor. And this is, you know, I've been doing back-to-backs today. I got seven meetings today. I'm really thrilled, you know, to have that and really pumped to talk to you, that kind of thing. So um, I'll, I'll stop there. But uh, that is, uh, that's a tactic I've used really that, you know, for, with a lot of success. And that is really cool. How, I mean, how many rounds have you closed so far? Or how much have you raised? Or maybe names, it, it, you, you don't yeah. have to sell, but, or maybe some of the yeah. best. No, we, so done. we've raised uh, two rounds at Forecast, three and a half million. Uh, and then I raised two rounds in my previous company, Fantasy Hub. Uh, we raised just under two million. Um, so across the career of four rounds and just over five million in venture capital that I've raised so far. Congratulations. And you're not doing this in Silicon Valley, which makes it even, I know it's a little bit harder even doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's all been out of Kentucky. Uh, one of the rounds down for my first company was in Austin, Texas. But like most recently, I just raised a two and a half million dollar seed for Forecaster. Um, I executed that strategy. I was fully subscribed in six weeks and ended up oversubscribing the round. Uh, we closed that in April of, of this year. And I took every single pitch from you know my desk here in Louisville. And we got investment from a few different firms in SF, some firms in Boston, uh, and a couple of others kind of peppered throughout middle America call it. So, uh, congratulations, yeah. man, that this is, I, I know this is landing for a lot of, a lot of listeners who are just trying to learn and it's not, I don't hear, it's not that you're, um, there's no, 
deception it's complete honesty like so i think that there's i hate this i hate to even have to say this but there is like a border of like people are like okay cool i want to create this momentum and scarcity and all that so therefore they change their wording to be more deceptive and just talking like hey i got these things even if they really don't and that is not what i'm here that's never the right solution <laughs> honesty is the only way to have a, a good relationship with an investor but i just love your approach so that you can honestly have those so you're honestly describing where you are you're like hey i i am late from another meeting. <laughs> I'm late to your meeting because I had another meeting with another investor because I am back to back because I do have all these things. And you're just, you've just found a way to do it um, more predictably with the two months prior, uh, which is neat. So I, I, I love that. I want to understand the, when you said slotting them in, I have to say like, as a former VC here, I know that no one ever likes to, to think like that. Like we want to be slotting you in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So I love, but, <laughs> but <laughs> right. But, uh, but this is, but the best, but the best entrepreneurs always are going to be able to control the investor in terms of like getting their preferential treatment. So um, how has that been received? Like, if you, can we double tap on that in the two yep. month prior piece? Yeah. So it's, so it's really well received as long as like, you obviously don't tell people that you're like slotting them in, but what you do is you, you suggest times and those times are very intentional. So when I reach out to people that I want my way of one, I'm suggesting Monday at 8am, Monday at 830, Monday at nine, Tuesday at nine, all my early week meetings, when I'm reaching out to my wave two, I'm suggesting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday slots. You know, if they can't do that slot, I'm moving it an hour. You know, I'm shifting it an hour, a few hours, maybe one day later, you know, but I, I'm not saying, hey, can you meet? And when would be a good time for you? I'm saying, hey, could you meet me Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern or, two, or, or Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific? You know, and, and it's usually very well received because they can just look at their calendar and say, yeah, you know what? I am free two months later. Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific. Sure. Slot me in there. That sounds good. You know, and in that way, you're kind of you're, you, you get to set the order. So uh, the key thing there is always just like offering some very specific times. Not only does it reduce friction in the meeting scheduling process, uh, it, it helps you kind of get that organization that you want um, so that you can, you know, so you can pitch those the, the certain investors at the, at the right time when either have a little bit more polish, you have a little bit more commitments and, and momentum in the round. But I think just to double tap on what you said, honesty is always the most important thing. Honesty and transparency, I preach that as saying like, look, like too many founders are trying to, I call it pufferfish syndrome. They're trying to puff up, make themselves look bigger. They, they start to dive into that realm of being deceptive and dishonest. It only comes back to bite you in the butt. So um, I think that was well said. Absolutely. I, I knew, I, yeah, I love, I love that like that you tapped on that as well. And then I guess in just concluding on um, help us with any tooling that you're using or process uh, tools that you're using. Are you, are you an Airtable? Are you in Sheets? Is, or are you doing it on a Google Doc? Yeah, so I, I actually just use a, a Google Sheet. I actually have an investor pipeline template uh, that I share with lots of founders. It's a, it's a whitewashed version of the one that I use personally. It has lots of like kind of all the fields that you need in terms of average check and sector and stage focus and next steps and stuff like that. I think it's really just kind of like clean and easy way to manage it. That's less bloated than a CRM for this process. And I share that with a lot of founders. I'd, 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 I'll send you an email to that link to that, Adam, just so you could share that with your community as well. Um, I would love that. Free to download. Oh man, that's great. Well, thank you so much for your time and just congrats on the progress that you've had. I can't wait to see uh, just, just the, the company forecast for continue to grow. It looks like a really cool opportunity. Thanks, Adam. I really appreciate this opportunity as well, man. I think it's great what you're doing uh, and uh, keep it up. Thank you so much.